about it. Forgiveness can be hard, but the scriptures say, and this parable provides us with a way forward. So today we're going to talk about what it means to forgive. And I think that we all have questions uh, around this topic and struggle with forgiving at times. And the thing that we discover in this story is that we aren't the only ones who struggle with this. Uh, They had the same questions in Jesus' day. And so we're going to talk through this story that we just watched and look at it a little more closely uh, in the context of uh, Jesus' times and kind of get the impact of what Jesus was teaching in this story. So Peter, one of Jesus' disciples, uh, he'd been following Jesus around, and as he listened to Jesus' teaching, it was obvious that Jesus uh, was all about forgiving sins. So one day he asked Jesus, Lord, give me a number. How many times do I have to forgive somebody uh, when they wrong me? And at that point in time, the religious leaders, uh, their teaching was that if somebody wrongs you three times, same person, wrongs you three times, then you need to forgive them. But the fourth time, you're not obligated. They're gone. So Peter knows that Jesus is more compassionate than the religious leaders, but he, like us, had many questions about it. So he said, Lord, give me a number. Give me some clear direction. So how many times do I have to forgive my brother? How, how many times do I have to forgive my sister or the neighbor with the barking dog that keeps me awake every night? How many times do I have to give um, my friend a clean slate? Peter wants a number. And, and he expects it to be large and generous, yet surely not something that would be so large that he would appear to be a doormat or some kind of a fool, Uh, so he hazards a guess. And he says, the religious leaders say three times. Uh, He says, how about seven times? That seems generous. But Jesus' shockingly impossible answer is not seven times, but 70 times seven. And then to illustrate his story, uh, he tells his uh, answer, he tells the story that we just watched, or something like that, <laughs> not exactly. And it's found in Matthew 18, 21, verses, uh, 18, verses 21 through 35, if you want to look it up and read it this week. But we're going to walk through it. Jesus tells this parable about a king who has a servant who owes him 10,000 talents. Now, did anybody get paid in talents this week? No, uh, neither I, neither did I. So, um, one talent is equal to 16 years of manual labor. 16 years, think about what you make in a year, times 16, times 10,000. Okay, so it's an incredibly large debt, and one wonders how could anyone incur such a debt without a MasterCard or a Visa or something. But yet, Jesus presents us with just such a servant. And at that time, uh, so the time has come for the king to settle accounts, and his accountant has been going over the books, and he's doing the numbers, adding, subtracting, multiplying, and dividing, and with such a debt, you can imagine it took him a very long time to come up to the exact number that this servant owed the king. 
And when the king heard the number, he called the slave in on the carpet and he demanded that he pay up. And of course the servant could not repay such a debt, right? And so the king said to his staff in a very matter-of-fact way, sell him. Sell his wife, sell his children, sell his BMW, his dog, his golf clubs, sell it all. Auction his property, put it on eBay, turn all that he has, all that he loves, all that he owns into objects that can be bought and sold. And so the story goes that the servant came and he fell down at the king's knees and he wept. He begged the king and implored him for time just an opportunity to repay the debt. And the king is moved by his pleading, so much so that he doesn't just give him time to repay it, he cancels the debt. He cancels it all. He, he wipes the slate clean. He gave him back his wife and his children. He gave him back all the years that he was to spend in a cold, dark cell. He restores light and life and freedom to walk about and hold his children and his wife. He gives it all back to him. He cancels the debt. He leaves the BMW on his own account, the house, everything that he has gotten at the king's expense was now his. He no longer had to fear the king would someday call him to settle up. That day has come and the debt has gone. This is a clean slate. This man has new possibilities, a new a new page has been turned. The burden has been lifted from his shoulders. You don't know me anything. This is a complete turnaround. Go home to your family. Watch your children catch fireflies at dusk. Share quiet moments with your wife. Go home to your dog Fido. Go home and celebrate. End of story. Not quite. Jesus invites us to follow this fellow out of the king's presence. And, you know, we're expecting that he is going to go out and celebrate with his wife and his friends, tell everyone along the way what a good and generous king that he has, how wonderful, uh, what a wonderful man he is, how forgiving and generous he is. But something goes wrong in the story. When we follow this forgiven slave out of the presence of the king, he discovers that and runs into a fellow slave, a slave who owes him a hundred denarii, a significantly smaller amount, by the way. It's been calculated that um, if 10,000 talents were converted into small silver coins, it would take 8,600 men, each carrying 60 pounds of coins, to carry those 10,000 talents. So if you made a line of these carriers carrying the 60-pound bags, that line would be five miles long. The 100 denarii converted to coins could be carried in one fellow's bulging pocket. A little difference there, right? But this servant goes out and he goes nuts when he sees the guy. He grabs the hundred denarii fellow by the throat and he starts choking him. He wants to kill him. He grabs him by the arm, twists it behind his back, and marches him off to prison and puts him there indefinitely until he can pay his debt. 
and the fellow has nothing to sell, no wife, no children, no BMW, no dog. And, and the thing is, the debt's real. The problem is, what happened to the first servant, what the king did for him, changes everything else. Because he's been forgiven, Jesus says, we're expected to forgive. Now the other servants saw the whole thing, and they go back to the king, and they repeat everything that they've seen, and the king is furious. And he calls the forgiven servant back in. The old debt is revived. And he's thrown into jail until he pays it all. And you can imagine at 16 years per talent that he is still there today with 158,000 years to go. <laughs> and Jesus concludes the story with this warning from Matthew 18.35. This is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. This is Jesus' story, not mine. And, and I want you to notice the accounting language that he uses. Throughout the story, he speaks of our offenses or our sins as debts owed. And there are three words in the New Testament for forgive, and uh, the verb that's used here uh, when Peter says, Lord, how many times must I forgive my neighbor or my friend, uh, is a word that means to let go, to, to cancel a debt. And it's the same word that's used in other places to mean absolving a debt or to release a prisoner. So Peter's asking, how many times must I cancel the debt, let go of the hurt, forgive the person who wrongs me? And um, this is what is taking place in forgiveness. And you see this in other places in Scripture as well, right? Romans 6.23. The wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is life. And, and numerous other places where we're given this uh, accounting uh, use of terminology. In our case, according to the story, the amount that's owed is enormous, right? It's obvious that no one can pay that amount back. That's why Jesus, he just, he's making it obvious that we can never pay the debt that's owed uh, for all the times that we got it wrong. And so we are the guys being sent out back to our families. We're the ones who get to go free, our debt canceled, and we get a fresh start. But we're also the ones from whom forgiveness is expected because we have been forgiven so much. And that's the flow of forgiveness. Grace is to flow down. And our memory verse this week comes from uh, Ephesians 4.32. So let's read it together. <clears throat> it says, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ God forgot, forgave you. Ephesians 4.32. Just as Christ forgave you, we are to forgive one another. You know, I think this is, um, I think that we all get this in theory, right? We all agree that we should forgive one another. But it gets really hard when you have specific people in specific situations, right? When we are actually called to put this in practice in our life. And um, some of the debts are 100 denaria size debts, and others are much, much larger 
than that. Uh, and so sometimes I think it's hard to um, really get our minds around it. And, you know, sometimes I think we say or think that we've forgiven somebody and then something happens and we feel angry again and we wonder, did we really forgive them? And there's a lot of questions around this. So I'd like to take a few minutes and think about how Jesus' teaching about forgiveness as a canceling of a debt can help us to move forward and to forgive people who've wronged us. And if we're going to forgive others and get free of resentment and anger, then we have to cancel the debt that's owed us. But we can't do this like in a general way. Lord, I just forgive everybody who ever did anything wrong against me and really get any freedom from, from that. So we're going to talk about how to forgive people. And in your message notes, um, I've given you some a guideline there. And this is something that I would invite you to take home and work through. It's not something you can do right here in the service today, walk away, and something that's really hung over your heart and burdened you for a long time. It's just you're going to be free of it. Uh, take it home, work through this. We're going to talk through these steps together um, today. And this is something that... Um, I got from Andy Stanley's book. It came comes. It came from within. Yeah, I had it right the first time. Uh, and if you struggle with this, this, that's a great book to read. It also talks about jealousy and some other things. But uh, this is four steps that he gives in that book. So the first one is, first step toward forgiveness is to identify with whom you are angry. Who owes you? Forgiveness is more than a decision just to put something behind you, try to forget it. Um, trying to forgive a debt is not the same as canceling it. So in that space, you might write down some names of people that maybe have mistreated you, taken advantage of you, uh, somebody that, that you just have anger towards. This might be somebody like when you think about um, somebody that you don't want to run into at the store or... Uh, you know, that person that you have occasionally run through your head a commentary of what you would say to them if <laughs> you given the opportunity. Or maybe somebody that you would, like, get revenge or do something to if you knew you wouldn't get caught. <laughs> Those kinds of things. So make a list. Who owes you? And then determine what they owe you. And this is a, a step that we often skip. We, we know who's hurt us, right? We know who owes us. But it's hard to forgive them if you don't know exactly what you want back from them. Maybe it's an apology. What do they owe you? Do they owe you an apology? Maybe it's money. Um, maybe it's uh, time. A marriage. A family member. A job. A reputation. An opportunity, you got passed over for a, a advance at work or something, a chapter of your life. Be specific. Uh, it's hard to cancel a debt without knowing clearly what you're forgiving. And then the next step is probably the hardest, but the most needed, and that is to cancel the debt. And, you know, fairness cries out that we have the right to get payback but it's possibly the most destructive thing that we can do. Uh, there's a saying, and I think it's so fitting. It says, unforgiveness is the act of drinking poison and hoping someone else dies. 
we're only hurting ourselves. Wouldn't work very well, would it? (laughs) Drink poison and hope somebody else dies? No. We're only hurting ourselves, and that's so true. Often we're just being eaten up inside by bitterness and anger, and the other person doesn't know, doesn't care. You're only hurting yourself. When it comes right down to it, canceling the debt is really the only option. You know, if you think about this story, the king was never going to get that 10,000 talents back, was he? (laughs) It's just not going to happen. And there was no way for him to repay it. And as I think about uh, debts that are owed to us, we're faced with the fact that many of the debts that are owed can't be repaid. I've told you before about my sister being killed in an automobile accident. Her, uh, she was going to the prom. Her prom date fell asleep at the wheel, drove her side of the car into a bridge, and she was killed. And uh, there's no way he can repay that, can he? He can never give that back. And our family got together and we made a phone call to the hospital and and to let him know that he was forgiven, that we forgave him for that. Uh, Because in reality, there's no way he can give back what he's taken, right? And so God gives us the only option, which is is to forgive. And and I know that some of you maybe had a father who was absent while you were growing up and he can't give you those years back. He He can do better now, but the debt can't be repaid. There is no way for a mother to take back years of criticism that maybe scarred your self-image. There's no way to make up for neglect or abuse that you might have suffered. Apologies may be due, and they help heal and restore relationships, but an apology doesn't erase an experience. It just doesn't. And so in Andy Stanley's book, uh, It Came From Within, uh, I like this quote. He says, to some degree... There will always be an outstanding debt. To pursue or wait for payback is futile. To insist on it is to set ourselves up for unnecessary heartbreak. To cling to our hurt while waiting to be repaid is to allow the seeds of bitterness to take root and grow. When that happens, we allow the person who hurt us once to hurt us over and over and over again. There are debts that cannot be repaid, and the best thing to do, the only way to set yourself free, is to cancel them. And that's the third step in the process from getting free of anger and bitterness and moving to forgiveness. And and I want to be clear here too that you know you may have somebody in your life who's toxic is a toxic person, and they have hurt you in the past, and they will continue to hurt you again if you let them back into your life and. So I'm not talking about that. Canceling a debt doesn't mean opening a new account, okay? Canceling a debt doesn't mean opening a new account. You're not inviting them back into your life to hurt you again, but letting go of the hurt and bitterness is important for you to be able to get on with your life. So how do you do that? How do you cancel a debt? Well, it might be as simple as a decision that you make quietly in your heart. You just, I'm, I'm just going to cancel that. I remember um, one occasion when I, I, I just made a phone call. I was, I used to be a graphic artist, and I had an agent that would get uh, work for me or commissions or whatever. And the person that commissioned me would pay him, and then he would take half of it for his work and doing all the leg work and everything, and then I got half. Well, I never got my half for most of the jobs because he had bills. So 
So then he, at one point, owed me $1,500 and was paying it back $10 at a time. And so I just let him go as my agent, obviously. But then that just kept eating at me, you know, that he owed me this money. So one Easter morning, I got up, I made a phone call. I said, look, I'm just canceling that debt. You don't owe it to me anymore. I needed to be set free. And he was like, what? No, you know, I'll pay you back. And I was like, no, please don't. I, I'm not going to wait for it. I didn't want to wait for it. And, and so sometimes it's, it's a phone call. It's, it's an actual going to a person and saying, I forgive you to, to restore a relationship. It just depends on the circumstances, right? I mean, it doesn't work to go to somebody and say, I forgive you if they don't think they did anything wrong and they're going to be what? You jerk, you're the one that needs to, you know, I need to forgive you or whatever. So, so you just got to pray through it and, and ask God what, what it is that, that you need to do. And then the next step is to dismiss the case. Our feelings can really mess with our mind. You know, we say that we've forgiven somebody and then we feel angry again and you wonder, do I really, have I really forgiven them? And, and so sometimes we just need to have this fourth step where we just remind ourselves, no, I canceled that debt. I already, that's already been checked off. And, and just dismiss the case. I canceled it, dismiss the case. And, and just remind yourself that you're not going to uh, make them pay, that that's already been taken care of. And, and on the back of your um, message notes today, I, I provided a little debt cancellation letter that you might want to sit down after you've gone through this and if there's somebody that you've thought of that uh, you need to forgive, maybe uh, sit down and fill this out. Heavenly Father, so-and-so is taking such-and-such from me and then fill the rest of that out and, and just cancel that debt. That might be one way that you do it. Put it someplace where you, where you can remember it or whatever. And then right below it, it says some steps that I need to take now are. And the Bible says that if someone's offended you, uh, go to them and, and speak the truth in love. right? And, and, and again, it's, it's all unique situations because sometimes people have already passed away or they're no longer a part of your life. You may have to just forgive them and, and, and turn it over to God. On the back of your connection card, then, are some ways that you might respond to the message. The first is memorizing our memory verse. The second is I'm going to pray and work through the forgiveness steps this week. That's on the front of your sheet here. And the third says I'm committing to take a step towards reconciliation with someone I have hurt or been hurt by. And maybe that step is just praying, God, help me. <laughs> help me to want to forgive them. Because sometimes it's, it's a, a long journey with a lot of steps. And we take the steps that God puts before us and enables us. Would you pray with me? Our loving God, when I think about those words in the story that the servant was called back in, and the debt was revived, that $10,000 talent debt was revived, the debt that he couldn't pay. That reminds me how serious the work 
people will be doing this week is God and and how important it is. So I pray that you would give each of us the courage uh, to take the steps that we need to forgive. This is your prayer that you taught us to pray. Forgive us our trespasses. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, God. Help us to do that so that we can be free and so that we can experience the life that you came to give us. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.